Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome back to Dawn Breaks. During this episode, Julia and I talk about feelings of depression and feeling low. It's really important for us to differentiate between feeling low and having feelings of being depressed and actual clinical depression where you might need to be working with someone in the medical field in order for you to feel like you can cope with your feelings of depression. So during this episode, we talk about that quite a bit and we'll use the word depression interchangeably, but I want you to be aware that we're talking about feelings of depression here rather than clinical depression. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks. And I'm really, really grateful to have the lovely Julia joining me today. And I'm really excited to learn a bit more about her story and for her to share that with you. So welcome, Julia. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Harriet. I'm really happy to be here. And it's amazing that we're on the other side of the other sides of the world and we're doing this. It's really Yeah, and connecting up. I'm it's so, so awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so lovely that we can be sharing your story and sharing that with my audience because uh, we wouldn't necessarily yes. have connected up otherwise. So that's that's brilliant. So thank you. So thank I know you. you know a little bit about the podcast and how it works and what I like to do which I'll just kind of explain to the listeners a little bit is I like to start with meeting our guests where they're at and kind of in a more natural way without giving them a big introduction but we'll get on to what they're doing a little bit later on with some more information for the listeners when they're interested in connecting up with you but I like to start just kind of meeting you as you are today and figuring out how how you are and what's going on with you. So tell us a little bit about how you are today and what's going on today. Yeah, I'm actually uh, really good, in a really good place right now. It's been a long sort of seven or eight years to get here and I never thought I would be here um, if you asked me this question about um, seven or eight years ago. Uh, everything's coming together and and I am just amazed at how awesome the whole concept of positive thinking and setting goals is and manifesting. I think that it's so powerful and I never believed it when I first learned about it and now uh, I'm just so excited about what's next. Oh, Julia, I love that. That's like a breath of fresh air at the moment with everything going on with coronavirus and lots of kind of really difficult and stressful news going on at the moment. I absolutely love that. Okay. Yeah. What a lovely place to to find you and meet you at. So as you know, the podcast is about finding hope. So what we're thinking about is kind of a more difficult time for you and maybe a time that that you found was was really testing for you do you have a time like that that you'd be happy to tell us a little bit about and and kind of why it was so difficult yeah most definitely so this is what really started my whole journey to where I am today 
I think we've all had moments, especially as women and mothers, where you wake up in the middle of the night and you just can't breathe and you're like, oh my God, I'm not living the life I'm supposed to live. Mm. And how did I get Mm -hmm. here? (laughs) And it's like, for the first time, you actually wake up and you're conscious about the fact that you've just been surviving for so long. And Mm. you know that feeling where you just haven't even had a chance to think. So I woke up in that sort of feeling and um, I knew something was wrong when my sister, I think she sensed I was a bit lost and she gave me for Christmas one year a book on how, a journal, sorry, to um, put together a five-year plan. And before I had been married and had children, I was very ambitious and I always had even a 10-year plan. I always had a five-year plan, a 10-year plan and like a one-year plan. And I realised I didn't have any plans. I had lost myself. Wow. So um, I tried to, I opened this journal and it was guided and everything and you had to list out what kind of goals that you would like to have in the next five years and I could not think of anything. Oh, gosh. And that to me now is frightening. Yeah, and just shows you how, <laughs> not even, how far you'd moved yes. from, from who you are and where, where you were, yeah. Yeah, yes. How, like, that's a serious sign of depression when you cannot even imagine the future, yeah. let alone a positive mm-hmm. one. And, yeah, I was just in the depths of despair. I wasn't myself. I didn't know who I was or where I was. Um, my marriage fell apart and I realised pretty quickly that I didn't have anything I thought I had the perfect life and it all just fell apart so I went from living this very wealthy affluent life to nothing I had to go on um, like government assistance Mm -hmm. just to put food on the table it was quite humiliating um, especially you know, and, and then and your friends are like, oh, my God, like, what's oh, going what's on with you? And, and it's quite shaming. Yeah. And then I realised oh, I've got to do something about this because that wasn't me. And I didn't I didn't know how I got to this spot. It was quite frightening. And so I started reading as much as I could on self-help kind of stuff and how to change your mindset mm-hmm. and how to get a bit more positive. Mm-hmm. I went back to work because I used to have a great career as a chartered accountant and financial advisor. Okay. And so that was my first interaction with manifesting and setting goals. Okay. I, I thought to myself, I just need to get a job. So I need to go back into finance. And I thought, who's going to hire me? I've been out having children for, for a while. And I just started telling people and I started trying to think positive and I came across Feng Shui as well which I'll get into later and literally I had one of the school mums knocked on my door she was coming to pick up her son and she just said to me one day what is it again that you do what's your background I said finance Mm -hmm. and she's like oh my god we're looking for somebody at our firm we've got a great spot for someone and we're specifically looking for a mother who's coming back to work (laughs) and I was like yeah and I was like okay that's me and it took me a while to even put my resume together because I thought 
they're not going to take me. It was like my dream job, this job. It was if if I could pick any job, it would have been this job. Oh, wow. It was for a boutique wealth management firm. They were dealing with some of the wealthiest people um, in the world and looking after their personal finances. And I mean, I'd always, I'd been in that kind of environment when I was working before children, but I didn't think I could get straight back in there. Fine. And all these synergies started happening and it just so happened that the firm I used to work for works very closely with this new wealth management firm. And it was very important to them that they had the same kind of continuity mm-hmm. and also confidence from their clients that everything was very privileged mm-hmm. and that I wasn't going to be the kind of person who would talk. Right. Because right. uh, these people are very sensitive, mm-hmm. right? And um Everything just came together and I just found myself all of a sudden having my first day in this dream job and I was like, wow, this is powerful, this stuff. That's and incredible. ever since then, I just kept getting more and more into it. I read as much as I could. I became um, certified in Feng Shui. I started journaling, meditating. Oh, my God, my life is so much different now. <laughs> wow. That's that incredible. You've, yeah. you've moved so so far from that place of feeling really really low yeah it's amazing to kind of follow that journey because it's a huge one and in that moment you've been able to kind of describe it in a a really short span of time could you tell us a little bit about right back at the beginning when you were feeling really low what were the kind of first steps into finding hope? So for someone who's feeling really low and they haven't got there yet and they're like, oh, wow, these are really interesting ideas, but they're not, they're not quite there yet. What were the first things that you did? What would you suggest to someone in that position? Talking positively to myself mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. being harsh. Okay, and that's really interesting. I think that was the biggest thing because I started seeing a kinesiologist quite early on and I've never been into any of that kind of energetic stuff beforehand. I was quite um, the opposite, a very analytical mainstream kind of person. Mm. And a friend of mine said that her sister had had a massive transition because she was going through a depression and she saw this particular kinesiologist and you should make a booking. And I was at a point where I thought I've got nothing to lose because I was in such a hole and nothing else had worked. I was seeing a therapist right. every every like second week, which is huge in Australia because not many people see therapists. It's not like the states or anything, you know, okay. where it's quite a regular thing. It's it's you have to be pretty bad if you're seeing a psychologist you every feel year, quite especially back yeah. then. Yeah, it is. It is. But I I was so miserable. So I saw this kinesiologist and she, for the first time, started talking to me about the future rather than the past, like psychologists do. Um, So, and she, she basically told me how it was and told me to snap out of it. And she didn't give me any sympathy. She was quite hard on me (laughs) and she's like you're doing this to yourself stop it (laughs) like start saying something nice Mm. and she gave me these mantras to start saying some positive things and did some energy work on me and the shift again was amazing and I don't know it's just lots of little things like that I think once you open your mind up to seeing that acknowledging that you want to get better and because mm-hmm. it's a choice mm-hmm. happiness mm. and once you get to that point where 
you either end your life or you choose to move forwards. Right. There's no in between, like, and you have to just do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just so glad that I chose the right way. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selfishly, really glad that you're here to have this conversation with you as well. I mean, I absolutely love what you said there because you said choose life and make a choice that you can choose and make a decision to choose Mm. happiness or choose to focus on on slightly more positive things because we do have that choice when we wake up you know we might feel really grotty we might feel really low but we can consciously make a choice to choose something Mm. a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better it's not to say you can make a huge jump from feeling really really low to feeling amazing because that you know nobody can do that but you can just in those small increments slightly feel a little bit better and make those choices for yourself and then the other thing I loved about what you said was being kind to yourself so thinking about your self-talk because that is so hard to really turn the attention inward and look at what you're saying to yourself because we would never speak we would never speak to anyone else the way that we speak to ourselves yeah. And I think one of the things that really helped me, which I don't know if it's similar for you, but was to imagine a younger me, because I would never speak to a child the way that, that I used to speak to myself. Yeah. Fortunately, I've like you learned some skills and I'm a lot kinder to myself these days, but you would never speak to a child in that way. So if you imagine your younger self is still in you, mm. then you can be that little bit kinder in your responses. But it's a really hard thing and it takes practice. And, and I imagine it took you a lot of practice and determination from from feeling very low and self-critical to then begin to be be kinder but what amazing amazing strategies the other thing you said was about mantras tell us a bit about your mantras oh right I started saying and I still say it now and I have it written everywhere over like mirrors and walls and on my phone and it says everything is working out for me now and it is like (laughs) and it did Um, with that job that was incredible yeah it was and then like, you know, going forward from that, then starting my business and mm-hmm. finishing my divorce, which was a, a marathon case. Wow. And everything has, it's worked out. So you just have to trust that. And I think the biggest shift for me was taking control of my own thoughts mm-hmm. and choosing not to be a victim because right. it's very easy to just blame other people. But at the end of the day, we can't control other people. We can only control ourselves. So there's no point complaining about other people's actions because you can't change it. Mm-hmm. You can change your own actions and you can do something about it. I love That's that. Manage. Yeah. I really love that description. There's something there about powerless and powerful, isn't it? So if you're a victim, mm. you're powerless and you're you're yeah. in that moment in in kind of thinking about yourself as you know oh this is happening to me and all these things are happening to me you lose your power but you can make choices to take that power back and be powerful and and these things are happening um, not to me but they're happening for me in order to learn or change or grow or do whatever it is that that I need to do so I I absolutely love that I think we're we're on on the same page 100% with that I love that I also love that you have it on mirrors and on post-its yeah. or or just around. No, I, so I bought a, you know, like those chalk pens, like yes. they use at cafes to write on the glass and you yeah. can wipe it up. 
yeah. I have I have plenty of them and I teach my kids to write it write stuff on their windows and things as well so gorgeous. I knew it was working when one day I went to um, check on my daughter and she had written in massive writing all over her bedroom windows which face the street mm-hmm. she she wrote I am beautiful I am loved like in oh, massive writing wow. but she flipped it so you could read it from the street and people could know that she was loved and and she was only like you know about eight at the time and I just wow. thought oh, like I know it's working because yes. she's they take your lead and your kids follow your lead and they whether you say bad things to them or not or to yourself, they pick up on it. It's an energetic thing it, mm-hmm. and it all comes back to that quantum physics and entanglement theory where we're all connected in consciousness, mm-hmm. every human being on the planet, but especially our kids. And even if you, you you force yourself to put on a smile and pretend everything's okay, kids feel your nervousness and your anxiety and you can't cover that up. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. They pick up on it. Yeah. One of the things I always say with, with art therapy is that is that you can't keep things from children. Like they, they need that transparency in your words because they're already reading your energetic yes. nature and what's going on. So if they don't match up, they aren't sure whether they're, you're an adult that they can trust and whether they're aware of that or not. And probably they're not, but they... Mm-hmm. on some level they, they kind of read the energy and and I think you're totally yeah. right as a parent you can't you can't avoid them picking up on that energy and that that self-talk as well whether they know about it or not they'll energetically know about it like you say and and pick up how you feel about yourself and it sounds like you're doing incredible things with your kids to be able to teach them this now at that age you know, yeah. I wish I'd known some of the things I know now oh, when I was that age. Yeah. You know, imagine um, where you'd yeah. be at that point. But that's absolutely brilliant. I love that. Yeah. I love that your daughter turned it around to show the world. That's yeah. Just, <laughs> that's yeah, she's really beautiful. Yeah, she's she's a real gift in my life. Like, oh, my God, she's the one who pulled me through a lot of stuff. Because when I was in this depression I was talking about, she was only two. Wow. She's 13 now. Wow. So, and I just think, oh my God, how did she do it? But she, she's an absolute earth angel and mm. um, she really pulled me through some really bad times and I don't know how she did it as a two-year-old. My son, he's a, he's beautiful too, but like he's, you know, your children are very different. Yeah. and um, Yeah, distinct um, characters. Yeah, distinct character. And he is not as emotionally available as she is. Mm-hmm. I think that's more femininity as well. I don't know. Like w- women tend to have stronger intuition, but she especially really pulled me through. And yeah, and, and you know, my, my son surprised me as well. Like, because I started getting my kids to write their goals out as soon as I learned how to do that. And the that. first goal my son wrote out was he was just in primary school and mm. he wanted to start playing rugby, which is, do you have, you have rugby over there? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so he really wanted to play rugby and he'd never played it before. And But he not only wanted to play rugby, he wanted to be the captain of the rugby team. And wow. everyone's going, mate, you don't even know how to play it. Everyone's been playing it for three years. <laughs> your mm. first time. Mm. Don't get your hopes up. And I'm like, buddy, if you want to do that, that's great. I've got you back. And Aww. we wrote out his goals that he wanted to be the captain. 
I feng shuied his room for fame and strength and to have one of his ancestors watching over him while he sleeps to, you know, help him to, to get all the tools and the, and the energy he needed. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, by the end of the season, he was the rugby captain. His very first season he ever played rugby. That is incredible. That's incredible. And he was like, wow, mum, that's great. I love, you know, I absolutely love that you were taking your kids on that journey with you because there's something so powerful about having a companion to be doing the work with, whether it's your children or, you know, a friend or whoever it might be. Yeah. It gives you accountability, which is a really big thing, but also support, yeah. like you say. And and that's incredible. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your feng shui that you did for him, because that sounds oh. like such a useful thing for people to know about. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it was quite random that I came across feng shui. And I, like somebody gave me a book, just a little tiny, tiny coffee table book, mm-hmm. like that you flip through and it had some really interesting quotes in it and stuff and I'd never I didn't even know what it was when I came across it so then I got intrigued and I started reading about it I read as much as I could and then I decided to do it on my house okay and I space cleared my house for the first time and they say you need to set an intention and everything so I set an intention to bring in more money mm-hmm. and I kid you not before I even finished the space clearing there was a knock at my door and there was a guy at the door with a camera saying, mm-hmm. we want to use your house to shoot uh, an advertising campaign. Wow. For one of the major uh, electricity companies. And we really love your house and can we, you know, pay you $2,000 to come in for a few hours and shoot. <laughs> yeah. And That's I was like, like, I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, wow. That was that same after so random, like just a guy knocking my door. And if I hadn't set that intention and opened my mind to receiving that kind of abundance, mm-hmm. can you imagine if you get a random knock at the door and some guy you've never met before goes, can I come in and shoot your house and pay you $2,000? You go, you go get lost. Like, yeah, <laughs> really just yeah, like, who are you? Yeah. you know, and, but this is the thing. Once you open your mind, we, we have, we have these, these filters on um, and we can't see the wood for the trees half the time Mm -hmm. which is what feng shui is about it's putting feng shui eyes on to your life so you unblock what you're seeing and you Mm -hmm. see things for what they really are and what you what you're looking for in a positive way so say with my son's room I wrote away to my my grandmother, his great-grandmother, and said, have you got any photos of our ancestors or something that my son might resonate with? Mm-hmm. So he found this old black and white photo of her uncle before he went off to war, right. probably World War One or something. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And really old photograph. He was in his uniform. He had a dog sitting next to him. And my son loves dogs. Okay. And <laughs> So that really resonated as well. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a story on the back about what his life was on the back of this old photo and sent it down in the mail. And I told my son about this story. And kids love everybody who is human, especially kids. They love to know about themselves mm-hmm. and they want to learn things that are about them and where they yes. came from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any humans, we they just they love watching themselves in the mirror. They love what learning about why they are who they are so I got as many photos as I could of all these ancestors and then I put them up 
in the family area of his room because in feng shui each room and, and and even a house can be divided up into different areas of your life like a vision board mm -hmm. so I put that in his family area and I'm like he's going to watch over you while you sleep he's going to keep you safe you won't have any more bad dreams yeah, yeah. I, I put like all these we made all these pictures of trophies and things and put them in his fame corner which was the way the way other people see you is in is the fame corner mm -hmm. um you know, stuff like that. And, and then that coupled with setting intentions and writing out goals and actually getting him to say positive things about himself and believe that things are possible, it all comes together because there's three different kinds of luck in the world. There's earth luck, heaven luck, and human luck. Okay. And most of the time we forget about the earth luck, which is the feng shui, the oh, alignment of okay. your surroundings. Okay. And so the, the heaven luck is the life you were born into and um, like kind if you... like destiny maybe. A bit like destiny mm. and you, it's kind of a bit out of your control. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the human luck, which is saying positive mantras, taking action on your goals, choosing not to be a victim and to see things a different way. And... So even if you just put together the feng shui kind of luck, the earth luck mm. and the human luck, you've covered 66% right. of, of luck in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that last 33% is just the heaven luck. Right. Which is whether you it's your destiny like, or not. You yeah, know, that's you destiny, can have that's your star it. signs and things like that that you can't necessarily control. Yeah. I do not. I love that idea because... Quite often you'll look on like Instagram or somewhere like that and, and you get people who are fiercely successful and they'll be like, you can make your own luck, you can build your own luck. But I love the idea that that's like one portion, but actually you can have this other kind of luck making, let's say you described yeah. it as earth luck. And so the sort yeah. of feng shui practice, yeah. that's just beautiful so that you have this other area that you can just set up to try and help you be successful in the things that you really want to achieve and then like you say the rest is up to you know whatever yeah, is planned for you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean why not take advantage of 66% of your luck right Most and what do you have to lose you know yeah if you're feeling really low and in a in a yeah. in a bad place like you have nothing to lose because you've already yeah. You already feel like you've lost That's it. Right. You've already lost yeah. that happiness. You've only got things to gain. Yeah. 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 And I just, I have so many stories about Feng Shui opening people's lives up. And, and I think it is so powerful because when I come in to see someone and give them a Feng Shui reading or something, they're usually the kind of person who already has that human luck going right? And that's why they're seeking out feng shui mm -hmm. because they, mm -hmm. they're seeking luck. So they're all, they've already got that 33%. They've probably got a bit of the heaven luck as well. And then adding in, boosting it with 33% of earth luck, that's when they immediately see massive positive change. And it's a beautiful thing to see. So it's yeah, not just yeah. at all. Like it's it's the alignment of all these mm -hmm. different kinds of luck. And this is the mm -hmm. last piece of the puzzle. And a lot of people 
you know don't know about it no and I mean I know uh, I know a little bit about feng shui but you've you've inspired me I feel like I really want to go and read up more and um yeah yeah, I I definitely have like placements of crystals and things and I know about which the areas are in my spaces but yeah that's amazing it just sounds like there's so much to learn and if you're interested in maybe having some shifts or changing some things or maybe if you feel like if someone was to feel like they've been trying at something for a long time and it hasn't really happened or hasn't Mm -hmm. come into place that maybe this is like you say the missing puzzle piece the last thing that might enable those shifts to happen Mm. which is just brilliant because sometimes you know depression or feeling very low comes on because because of lots of things going on but sometimes it's just really trying at something for a long time one particular dream one particular goal and it not happening and then losing faith and I think Mm. losing faith in what you envisioned or you wanted to achieve is it can be heartbreaking sometimes losing faith in in relationships or losing faith in a in a dream it can be really really difficult and so I love this idea that you can yeah have some more control or maybe not more control have more chance more opportunity maybe not yeah sure what the right word is but yeah that's amazing thank yeah. you so much for sharing that I feel like yeah. that's something really different to offer the listeners so I'm I'm really excited okay. about that so tell us a little bit about where you are now and what you're doing now so that that we okay. can know a bit more about your your journey and where you where it's taken you yeah well I started an interior design business I went back to uni and did a degree in interior design and then I realized all my friends and acquaintances kept coming to me for financial advice and it was really hard to get this interior design business Mm -hmm. off the ground you know as Mm -hmm. any new business is and then I thought to myself why why am I making this so difficult why don't I just concentrate on what I actually already am good at and have a lot of experience in because I'd been a a chartered accountant for 20 years at this stage and so I I I knew what I was doing and I just had found it a bit boring being in corporate you know I didn't want to continue down that path as amazing as it was I wanted to do something with more meaning and it's very much a man's world finance. Women, you know, we're in there, but like it's still finance and money is very new topic to women. If you look at just say the last few thousand years of civilization, women have only had legal rights to their own money and being able to own assets even for, you know, since the 70s. Like, wow. And that's not even shocking that long ago. when you think about it. That is it's, really we're the first shocking. generation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I found even when I was working still in wealth management, I just saw a lot of these women, they would always fall into money through trauma because either their spouses died or Mm. they inherited it or they had a nasty divorce and they've got a big settlement from that. But most women our age, if you've had children and taken time out of the workforce, you don't necessarily get your wealth from your earning capacity. Mm-hmm. It's come to you through trauma. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's just such a gap in the market because no one's talking to women. All the investment advice out there that is marketed is written by white men for white men. Like right. not even directed at women because women in Australia we have a superannuation so it's like retirement savings which mm-hmm. um, they have in the in the UK and the mm-hmm. states as well 
Mm. Um, they just call it different things. But women don't necessarily have these huge superannuation accounts because they take time out of the workforce to have their kids. Mm-hmm. And not only do they lose that contributions during that time, but they yeah. also lose the compounding, which is where real value comes in to investment mm-hmm. of those assets. So I was like on a mission to help women create more wealth Mm -hmm. and understand how to add more passive income to their life and to once they get that money what to do with it because investing is actually quite simple there's nothing to it it's Mm -hmm. you you just buy and hold for 10 years it's not like wall street where you like the movies where you buy and sell buy and sell that's (laughs) not actually true investment good investment you buy and you hold for 10 years like you're buying a house um so I wanted to get that across to people that you don't necessarily need a financial advisor to invest. I wanted to educate people to do their own investing so that women that don't necessarily already have huge amounts of wealth can start creating that because anyone can build wealth. Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. It's like anyone can get fit and fabulous if they really want to. It's 80% mindset. So then I integrated the feng shui and the whole mindset and positivity Mm -hmm. so I put that all together with the finance skills that I have to come at money from a totally feminine way because we are right it feels very unique actually a really unique yeah Mm because we are quite intuitive as well and we just we are actually wired differently to men when it comes to making financial decisions there's so much research on that interesting so Mm -hmm. why do we treat men and women the same when we're talking about money because we have different priorities for women our priority is safety and for Mm -hmm. men it's more about power it's just that our archetype it's not right. I'm not like against men or, or, or anything like no, it's just no, the way it is. Sure. it's just mm. and not all women are wired that way and not all men are wired that way the majority of, of women mm. want money and wealth in their life to provide safety for themselves and their children and security and so mm. they're very careful about mm. their money decisions and they research things and they and they, they actually make excellent investors because they they like to know what they're buying into whereas men are more traditionally quite gung-ho at investing and they just want the biggest returns the fastest way you know (laughs) (laughs) okay and they're willing to take risks because you know they've always got generally their career is always going on and on and on whereas Mm. we have these gaps in our career we can't Mm. afford to take risks Mm. it's really interesting actually because I'm thinking about how often money and mental health are connected in what you're saying because there's such an important piece there about money can really negatively impact people's mental health if they're worrying and they're concerned and they're stressed and they're anxious about money that's obviously going to have an impact on your day-to-day mental health and how you're feeling and if you're in control or you're building finances you're supporting yourself that's also going to have a a massively good impact on your mental health because you feel supported and strong and you can look out for yourself so it's really empowering and those kind of two different outlooks you know regardless of whether it's it's men or women it's so important to feel standing in you know your own strength your own power and and money can really give you that and if you have the opportunity to learn those skills 
it is life-changing. Yeah. I, I love it. I absolutely love what you described yeah. about bringing together the two sides of this very kind of corporate background yeah. um, and like really structured with this sort of accountancy and then bringing in a, another aspect that lots of people would never connect together. And yet when you talk about it, it makes so much sense. It makes incredible It does. I don't know why it hasn't been done sooner. Like I really don't. There's not many people doing no, it No, it feels there. unique. I have to admit I've not, yeah. I've not come across anyone doing doing what you're doing no yeah so in a lot of the research that I've read going back to stress it's a it's actually a fact that when you are stressed Mm -hmm. your IQ drops by 50 percent so you cannot make good decisions right so and and like we said before most women come into large sums of money from trauma right so it's a stressful time someone's died there's been a divorce Mm -hmm. there's been an inheritance and you can't think straight and, and you straight away you go into this this fear mm-hmm. because fear preys on uncertainty and if you're not certain about what you need for the future and that you're going to have enough you just automatically start freaking out right and it's not necessarily the truth because once you look at it and work out what you need for your future mm-hmm. you'd be quite surprised at how well you can you can look after yourself like it's right. it's not really that hard mm-hmm. you just need to know what to do and we don't always get taught no, how to manage I money I think it's something that we like our education system certainly in the UK I don't know enough about the, the Australian education system but being an ex-teacher I know that the education system isn't sufficient enough to be teaching children the life skills mm. that they need to have in order to manage their money and and you know just balance a yeah. balance the books and understand that they've got this much coming in and this much going out it's it's skills that you end up having yeah. to learn by making mistakes as an adult and and often big mistakes and it may be you know is something that you you don't ever learn unless someone takes the time to teach you some of these skills or you are concerned enough in yourself to go out and find the information and learn you know very much for me I went out and found this information because which takes time it does <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. slow right and and yeah. actually you can be accessing it quicker and maybe getting support from someone who's doing something amazing no. like you you know yeah um, well and, and this is another reason why I'm purely coming at it from an education and a mindset side of things rather than acting as a financial advisor. Right. Because this means that I can I can help people anywhere in the world mm-hmm. because money is a universal topic. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about specific tax laws or whatever. I'm just talking about the concept of how you attract energetically more money into your life and how you put it to work. So the way money works is universal. Money never sleeps. It loves to be put to work. And if you can find a way to, number one, get it into your life and then look after it Mm -hmm. and invest it, which is the biggest thing I think people need to, especially women need to understand, is to treat money as a person and really want to stay in your life because if you don't treat it very nicely it's going to go somewhere else (laughs) are you looking after it yeah are you paying it attention are you saying thank you when it comes into your life and just as importantly when it goes out are you saying like I'm so glad that I can help this person in their business feed their family you know and that I have the money to support them when you get a tax bill um, you should be excited because having a tax problem is a really good thing because it means you've got money coming in. Yeah, you've but, it's teaching, 
your mindset and, and switching it to be more appreciative of money and, and whatever you focus on with gratitude grows. Wow. We all know this. This is mm. actually quantum physics. It's mm. not just woo-woo. This is, this is a science. proven fact. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. I yeah. love that where you get that crossover between between woo-woo and science and where it begins yeah. to meet. And they're like, mm, there might be yeah. something really powerful in this. Definitely. I love that idea of treating money like a person. I feel yeah. like I could learn... I could learn something from that for sure about um, yeah. a bit about how you would treat another person that you wanted to stay in your life, yeah. And having that level of respect for it because it it is an inanimate object, but it's a really powerful energetic yeah. exchange that we that we, you know in connection yeah. that comes yeah. in money. So actually, it's not an inanimate yeah. object; it's an energy source. Yeah, and, which and is we, so interesting. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting, and we've got to stop blaming money for our problems because it's first of all it's inanimate like it it's not I mean it it, I when I say it's a person I I say that just to try and recognize the good in it right Mm -hmm. um whereas money we do it to ourselves If, if you're somehow bad with money and it slips through your finger, it's not the money's fault. It's your fault <laughs> for not hanging <laughs> on to it and not caring mm-hmm. for it and making sure that you, you you don't have the cracks for it to slip through because you've paid attention. The past is the past, right? So I, I have this thing where I never go back through people's history of money. I'm not, going, I'm not the kind of person who wants you to go over the budget that you've had for the last year and analyse all your bank statements because then you feel so much shame and guilt and no one gets anywhere. We, right, we, and so many of us have this yeah. big, big shame and guilt around money, right? Yeah. And I'm imagining people listening to this, um, you know, the idea of it being like your fault the money has gone through, but actually... It, that's that same thing we spoke about earlier yeah. it's not it's about choice. shaming anyone it's about yeah. being powerful versus yes. being powerless and that's what you're talking about that's there. right yes so it's mm-hmm. about like you can't change the past the past is the past you don't know what's happening in the future it could be something awesome but like why what worry about something that hasn't happened yet all you mm-hmm. can control is the present now so if you can put guardrails in place to protect your finances and make sure you have a system so that when it comes in you care for it and look after it and then also pair that with that whole earth and human luck of being able to attract more of it into your life mm-hmm. and be associated with more wealth consciousness that all together is so powerful and I've seen so many shifts in my clients like they've just changed the way they look at money and once they start seeing it more positively it just flows into your life like I have a client who I helped her to start tracking money right because that's a big thing tracking income as opposed to expenses because Mm -hmm. expenses make you feel guilty but we're focusing we're not focusing on scarcity we focus on bringing more money in and the flow Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so she started tracking her income and within days even or even like a week she had the tax office had wiped one of her debts because of COVID, they said, and she hadn't even asked for it, just randomly they said because of COVID and because, you know, you've been, we can see you've been having a bit of trouble, the tax office doesn't think it's viable for us to chase this debt. So they just wiped this debt. And that was a five-figure debt. Incredible. And she's like, oh, my God, that's so weird. And um, I'm like, say thank you. Don't say it's weird. Yes, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) And then... And then shortly after that, her son was awarded a scholarship at school and they wiped um, another seven figures 
of fees for his school fees or because of like COVID and, you know, just a whole other bunch of things. But positive things like that start happening. And then her business started taking off. And I've got plenty of stories about that with people and and especially myself. Like Mm -hmm. when I started tracking my income, oh, my gosh, I had so many synergies start happening. It was just a beautiful thing. Wow. So that is something really key like that people can take away from this. I feel like this has been such an exceptional podcast episode. I feel like it's given so much and I'm, I'm really grateful to you. And I think that is something there that people can take away. It's really tiny thing, but it can make a big impact about tracking what's coming in as opposed yeah. to what's going out and yeah. then thinking about their mindset and all those other yeah. amazing things that we've been talking about during this this podcast. I think yeah. there's there's so much. This is really rich with information. If you are feeling low about your money yeah. or about kind of finances, this is mm. such a, a positive place to start thinking about what you can do as opposed to what you can't do. Yes. Which again is something we've spoken yeah, about. You, you want to do stuff you can control, right? And Right. Yeah, you're going to have expenses, things that have to get paid for. Yes, yes, yes. But why not focus on the the good side, the empowering side, the, the, the income side? Because, like, the, the expenses will look after themselves if you get more money coming in. Right, right. Yeah, and if your attent where your attention is is where yeah. where where it happens, isn't yeah. it? So if you're focusing on good, then more good will yeah. come, which is such a brilliant idea. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like this has been really, really so supportive and helpful. Julia, how do people find you if they want to connect with you directly? How can listeners find you? My website is loveluckwealth.com. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty to choose from there. There's a free resources page where you can find out your money personality and why you make the decisions you do about money. And then I build on that in our sessions. I have a new package that I've just launched, which is specifically about improving your relationship with money. It's called Money is My Lover. So it's (laughs) money to a person. Mm-hmm. and making it somebody that you really want to be with and who really wants mm-hmm. to be with you and spend a lot of time with you. And, uh, yeah, so I'm on Instagram as well, Love Luck Wealth there and Facebook. DM me or, there's yeah, there's plenty of information on my website if you um, want to test stuff out or even book a free call with me to find out how we can work together. Yeah, I, I love what I do. I'm super passionate about it. And I just want, yeah, I just want women to have more money because, you know, let's face it, wealth in the hands of women is a beautiful thing and we can change the world. Absolutely. <laughs> what, what a place to end. That's incredible. Yeah. Thank you so, so much, Julia. I feel like you've absolutely bestowed us loads of pearls of wisdom there and lots of things for people to, to take from here and kind of feel some of that positivity and that hope so much of it in there starting from a place that was really really difficult and then 
from a place of power, finding that power and then finding that hope and all of these incredible tools along the journey as well. So thank you so much. Is there any last thoughts or anything you feel like I really wanted to say that and I haven't or anything like that? And don't worry if there isn't at all. No. Um, I wanted to say that you're an excellent interviewer as well. So I've done quite a few podcasts and not many people have come at it from the angle that you have. So thank you because I learn stuff as well when I'm talking about my past because I don't go there that often um (laughs) but (laughs) I just think um the the biggest thing that that any woman can do is to start telling yourself I am excellent at money and everything is for me and just say it like 10 times a day every time you remember and write it out as many times as you can because there um if you put pen to paper as opposed to typing Mm -hmm. it's scientifically proven to get into your brain more and it, it yes. helps change the neuro pathways. So th- this is all neuroscience. This is not like woo-woo, weird stuff. Th- this, this is actual neuroscience that you can change your mindset and the way you think about things and you can change your, your programming in your mind so that you can see new opportunities to create money and change your relationship with money because money, it's, it's a really good thing to have because it means you can yes. help other people. It's not, it's not greedy. There's plenty of money to go around in the world. It's, it's, it, it's a really good thing for it to be in the hands of good people. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I'm going to go and get some chalk pens immediately. I feel like I want to go and get some chalk pens and start writing on, on mirrors and, and, yeah. and windows around. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I think you've been absolutely brilliant. So thank you again. Thank you, Harriet. What an absolute powerhouse Julia is. So many positive points and places for reflection in there. I feel inspired to go and read up again about Feng Shui and how it affects our home. And just thinking about at the moment how many of us are at home due to coronavirus and the pandemic. And we're spending so much more time in our homes and what great inspiration to go and tidy up and sort out that sock drawer which has got 100 socks that don't match each other and just kind of a place of positivity and hope looking forward to a time that might be a little bit easier than this one i really hope you've enjoyed today's episode as ever on the show notes are lots of different pointers for you if you need a little bit more support right now i hope you've really got something magical from this experience with julia i feel as though there was so much in there that can be helpful for so many people and just uh, a space to be thinking with a fresh mind about money and finances which can be such a stressor at a time when work isn't the way it normally looks If you know someone who might enjoy this episode, share the love and send it to them. And you can follow us on Apple Podcasts. Take care. See you soon.